0: Welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me are my co hosts Anthony and Moshe. Yeah, you saw you try to go to the microphone real quick. I got you on that one. Uh, you figured me out. Yeah, I got you. and beat you. So, folks, uh, Josh Turner at PRT Podcast.com. That's how you get a hold of us. That's how you can give us your stories, or you can send me a friend request. And if I'm uh, uh, on Facebook, you can send me a friend request now. There is a little something going on right now, so I cannot really approve uh, friend requests right now at this time. But we're working on getting that under control. So it, I, I, I just got to be—I I have to be more vigilant and more thorough about the friend requests. Just put it that way. We've had some issues with some some trolls, and so. We're just we're working on getting that taken care of. And uh, Josh Turner nine forty on Instagram. And Tony, how do they get a hold of you?
1: You can find me at uh, PRT Mushu on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you guys would like to email me, that would be Mushu at uh, PRT at gmail.com. Yeah.
0: So that being said, we also have a Patreon system. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I can talk about it. Uh, we have a tiered system starting from ten dollars, going all the way up to fifty. Uh, what it entails is that we usually give a lot of swag bags away, and if you uh, sign up for the $10 tier, then after three months, and you'll start getting your swag bag. Uh, then the $20 to $50 tier, they have uh, swag bags that you get immediately. They just increase uh, on depending on how much you pay. Yeah. For instance, you could get you know two books, uh, whether they be from Wolf or, or uh, they, whether it be from another author. We just try our best to give a lot of stuff away. Because, you know, we appreciate you guys helping us out like that.
2: Yeah, and, and then, of course, you get your name on the videos as as a Patreon member. And uh, if you want to check that out, it's at patreon.com slash PRTPodcast. And if you can't remember that, you can always just expand the description of the video and the link to everything you need to interact with the show is going to be down there.
0: So, folks, here's what I'm going to start with. And, and now this story, th- these are just dogman stories, but I want to start with one that's really, really strange. And this one happened outside of Durango. Now, Durango is there's not a lot there.
2: I mean, it's just kind of scrub, right? As far as the topography, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 pretty deserty. I mean, there's like some shrubbery that grows out there, but um, th- there's not a whole lot of like greenery, trees, forests. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and so what what ended up happening here? We got this story because we had talked about Durango, and then somebody said, hey. You know, when I was a kid, we lived out in Durango, and then we moved to the states. You know, um, this person's like 47 years old, like a year younger than me. But what what he told me, and he got me in touch with somebody who could verify a story that for him that he had told me. And uh, it's pretty it's pretty freaky. Like, okay, so the the guy who told the story was his dad's ranch, and uh, it was uh, I don't even know how to describe it. So his name is Jose, but he said that what happened. What Jose told me, I have heard of like something similar to this, but you don't get a lot of these reports. So I thought this is definitely something that I should look into. What What I was told was that th- there was a ranch, and they they were sheep. Uh, it was a sh- like sheep. You know, so they 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 you know, and they had a few goats, but sheep was their main thing. And it was outside of Durango. It wasn't in in Durango. And the guy had about 30 of them. And and what happened was back in 1995, 96, around that time, he said he was uh, young. And, uh, you know, I I guess he was like 1920 or something. And his grandfather, who actually owned the land, started having – predation happening to his animals. But the crazy thing was they they knew it was a predator of some kind, but they weren't finding any tracks. They weren't finding any uh, kind of signs of like attack. They weren't finding blood. No, all they were finding was a sheep or two missing. Two or three days go by, another sheep would go missing. And then another sheep, and it just kept happening. And so they started uh, having to stand watch now, when they stood watch, a, a weird thing happened. Now, this may be in another category, but I will tell you why. I think it was a dog man. The first guy that they that saw this creature was one of the uh, the guys that they had hired to work there because they were trying to get a, a something started, like a like a you know a ranch, and so. They had 30 sheep, I think, or at at, at, the, at the beginning, and then they ended up – they they lost so many, they had like 18 left. And then they had like, I think, 15 goats, and then they ended up with like 14 because they – yeah, they had 18 goats, and they, they ended up losing four by the time they first saw this creature. Uh, and this is why they didn't see tracks. This is why there wasn't any blood because the first guy that saw it was a guy that they had hired to stand guard overnight. And he saw something black and large swoop down over him as he was standing there holding a rifle. Now, he took a shot at it and he thinks he hit it. Now, he wasn't like holding a pea shooter, like the gun that he shot him with. I think he said it was like a 22 or something like that. So it wasn't like some like, you know, small little pea shooter gun, you know, and What's crazy is when he hit it with the rifle, all it did was kind of like move, and it was just a black shape, and he couldn't really make it out real good, but he he shot at this creature. It just made its second like dive. Now, a couple days go by, and nothing happens, and this guy's uncle, the one that was telling me the story, who's this would have been his grandfather's. This would have been his uh, dad's property. So he said, my uncle was out feeding you know doing the feed with his would would become his wife and they were going out together at that time and he was young his, his uncle was a young guy and uh it's kind of one of those weird situations where his uncle's only a couple years older than him he's, oh yeah, yeah one of those I yeah one he's born late in life so they were out there and they were doing the feed and he said that his uncle was is not a very like he's not a scared guy like it takes a lot to make him afraid he's a pretty tough guy and he said, dude, you know, he, for years he was like, he boxed. He was like, he was a tough kid. And uh, he's like, he was a lot tougher than me. He goes, I'm more of a computer type guy. You know, I don't like, <laughs> I work in an office. I got an office job. It's what I do. Um, th- this, this uncle of his, no, not that kind of guy. And he's still a rancher to this day. And so what ended up happening was he encountered something in broad daylight, he sees something land. Like something, it just, like he looked and it was just like it wasn't there and then it was there. So he didn't actually see it land, but he looks and he said this thing had bat-like wings. They were extremely large and it was down, tucked down behind some uh, brush. And he said that he walked over to it to see what it was. And when he did, he said it stood up on its, on its legs and it stood up straight like a man. And he said this thing was about nine feet tall. Now, maybe that's not the correct estimate i don't know, but i i mean I, I wasn't there, so I take the guy's word on what he said that this thing was nine foot tall, and he said that it, it had it had a kind of a long neck, uh which was weird, but he said that the the head kind of stuck out and it looked like a wolf. The head looked like a wolf's head, like it just like if you took a wolf's head. And you stretched out the neck a little bit and you stuck it on a, a body, like a, like a man's body with like bat-like wings. And he said that it had the backward bent legs, but on the back of the legs, what w- w- looked like spurs, kind of like how, you know, how Gamecocks have those spurs? Yeah. And he said he noticed that. And he said the thing that looked at him, it turned and it just took off. And he said when the wings flapped, you could hear it very like, you could hear it loud. So that kind of confirmed what the guy said, that it was something that he couldn't explain that flew over and he took a shot at it. Well, when he was feeding, he had his rifle, but it wasn't close by. So he had to like run over there to grab it and it had already taken off, but he got a pretty good look at it and it wasn't but about 40 yards from him. He said this thing definitely looked like it was strong enough and had huge oversized hands with claws. And so he said this thing was big and strong enough to be, uh, you know, grabbing these sheep. Yeah. And Sounds so, like a gargoyle. Li- like, kind of like a gargoyle, but definitely wolf-like head. He said the head was completely wolf-like. His dad, this guy is telling me the story, he's a lot older. And he said that his dad, they were there they visiting because they, they lived in the States. You know, he, the, when he grew up, he grew up in, in, in that area. They, they moved up here. And he said that we went back to visit and it was over spring break. And so his dad went out there to help his dad, which would have been his grandfather, the guy telling the story, to go and feed. Well, when they went out there to feed, it was like early morning. Because they, they feed, they they were they were feeding, you know, at different times or whatever, because they had to they were trying to fatten them up, whatever. And so they when they went out to feed, crazy thing, they found the dog, one of the dogs, the sheep dogs that they had. Was missing, so this thing. I th- I think this thing snatched up one of the sheep dogs. So they had these Spanish mastines that they used with the spike collars and stuff. And he said that they were recommended to them by a friend of theirs who was actually a Colombian dude who said those dogs are really good dogs to protect. You should you know think about employing them and, and to to do the, de- deploying them to do your you know, the the defense. And I said, how big was this uh, dog that went missing? He said, probably about 180 pounds. He was like, it was a monster dog. And what's crazy was that that dog wasn't full-blooded Spanish Mastine. It had, one of its grandparents was a Great Dane. So it had the size, but it also, then it had that, you know, that strength or whatever of the Mestine with, mixed with that, that little bit of Great Dane gave it a lot of size. Um, And he said, he goes, my family, we've been breeding these dogs, you know, so we were coming up with different ways, you know, and they they still, to this day, they they don't live on that particular plot of land anymore. They moved further to the Northeast. And he said, but he said that they still raise sheep and now they have a a lot, much larger operation. And when this stuff started happening, his grandfather remembered like when he was a kid, something like this happening. Like that, there were stories of this creature that would swoop down and take people's, and not just take their their uh, sheep and goats, but take cows. And so he didn't believe it until he saw it. So he said one morning, when right before it was it was still dark, it wasn't even quite daylight yet. That blue of the morning hadn't shown. You know, it looks kind of blue, or whatever. Mm. It's it was that blue haze of the morning. You know, when they were ju- it's just now starting to hit, and he said that. You know, at first he thought maybe it was like a trick of the light or something like, you know, it was just like not quite, you could, couldn't could quite see clearly. And they see this thing over the horizon. And then when it dips down, his grandfather thought it was a dragon. <laughs> like literally, he's like a dragon. You know, that's what it looked like. And he said that it just swooped down right in front of him and snatched up a lamb and just took off with it. And they said it was like the the the, the claws of this thing like it just grabbed it with its with its like i guess like talons it had talons on its feet but the the body just resembled what looked like a werewolf and the 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 wings of this thing were bat like there were no scales or anything like that it didn't look reptilian at all and he was very adamant that that's not what it was and his grandfather told him that his brother when they were kids claimed that his best friend had seen one of these things And had told them a a crazy story and that his grandfather's brother had kind of like made fun of the kid about it. Like, oh, you saw this thing, whatever. Well, funny thing is he ended up having an encounter with something. We'll get to that in a minute. So what ended up happening, the grandfather, like he hired a couple guys just to stand watch so they could kill it. They wanted to kill this thing. He told the authorities, and they they were at a loss. They had never heard of this. They didn't know anything about it, and they were just like, "No, we'd never heard of something flying and swooping down, picking stuff up." So you know, it's like you're kind of on your own. You don't really, yeah. you know, you're in the middle of nowhere anyway. And the authorities are like, "There's nothing we can do. We're not equipped to deal with flying werewolves." And so, and and literally, to me, that's what this thing is. And one of the things that that Jose had to, had said to me. You know, and like I said, I met him through a, a, another person, you know, a listener of the show. He, he asked me this question. He says, what do you think it was? And I said, well, if I had to put my finger on it, I would say it's some sort of chimeric type creature that maybe got loose from somewhere, or maybe it was from the inner earth. I I, I don't know. We could speculate all day long, but this isn't the first time I've heard something like that, although it's kind of rare. And, you know, maybe as, after I tell this story, somebody out there will probably hear it of the thousands of people that listen to the show and can give me some kind of an idea of what this thing is and what we're dealing with. Um, but, you know, when he asked me that, you know, and he said, I said, well, you know, it just looked like a, said, yeah, a flying werewolf. That's what it looked like. Um, everybody that told him that that's what it looked like. The, the next day after that particular incident where that, 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 that lamb was snatched up by this thing, um, it came back. And it was, it was odd because usually there'd be two or three days before it would try to come back or do something. And sometimes they would repel it and sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes it would take whatever. And it, they could shoot it with, you know, didn't matter, whatever. You know, they could shoot it with whatever type of rifle. He goes, we shot it with everything, 30-odd 6 didn't matter thing was not, it didn't drop it. And they never were able to stop it from killing the sheep until one day. And now here's what happened. They hired a guy who claimed that he had dealt with these things down in Guatemala. And he was like, I, I can kill this thing. I know how to kill it. And I said, well, how do you do that? And he said, well, you have to shoot it in its chest with an arrow, with a, an actual arrow. He's like, "But the tip of the arrow has to be either copper or silver or, or gold. it has to be a, it has to be pure it has to be a pure metal, and these metals will actually pierce it it'll just work like a regular weapon would on a on, on a on a being and so they thought this guy's you know a todos like I see in Spanish he's lying right yeah and so they were just like, eh, I don't know if I believe this guy to show them proof of this." This is what he did. He said, I will show you proof. He he took them back to where he was staying with a friend. He went to the back of his uh, big, a big uh, truck. He had a big truck. And he pulled this tarp back. And this is what Jose told me. He said, my grandfather stood in shock. There on that tarp was a creature. But like a lot smaller version of what they were dealing with. He's like, they poked and prodded at it and get this get this he said when they touched it it was like it was hard and stiff because it was dead he's like but he said where's the blood and they said this black stuff right here all over the it was like wooden slats on the back of a transport truck and he said they were soaked especially on one side of the truck where it was laying kind of on its side and it was covered in this black solid goo and when his grandfather kind of scraped it a little bit he had like a uh, a knife or whatever." He said that this did not look like blood, like dried blood. You could kind of see that reddish tint to it over. This was not, it was just black. And its mouth was open and it was very much like the head of a wolf. It looked just like a big giant wolf. Um, and it's it's on he said that the the claws on it were terrifying looking. And they didn't have a camera on them or whatever. It was the mid 90s, and you're walking around with a camera or a phone. But he said, dude, it was incredible what what it looked like. So he said that the guy told him he says, "I have a camera, a disposable camera um I'll let you take it or whatever, and you can take pictures of it and go get them developed so supposedly, and he said he's going to try and ask his grandmother because his grandfather's dead, but he said that that there were pictures taken of it now they didn't have it that day, but he said i'll 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 give you a disposable camera." Um, and you could take some pictures of it and you could take it back to whoever's making the decisions here, um, to, you know, decide what you want to do because the partnership was between him and his brother. So he had to decide if they were going to hire this guy and this guy wasn't cheap. So he said, you know, I'll, I'll give you this camera, take the pictures, whatever. Um, they went back, they got the film developed and they showed this guy. And so his brother was a big skeptic. He didn't believe in any of this stuff. He didn't think it was happening. He thought this is all just, you know, just some bull crap. You know, yeah, there's there's a you know there's a monster out there, you know, right? It's going to kill us and eat us, right? Um, and so he says, when we got the film developed, he thought one of two things. This is some sort of elaborate hoax, which I don't know why he would do that. I mean, you know, why would he go through all that trouble? You know, because there was something going on right? Or it was something they had never dealt with or seen before. So his brother decided, the grandfather's brother, which would have been Jose's great uncle, decided, you know what? I don't believe it. I think it's a hoax. So he, he refused to hire this guy. Well, here's the weird thing, and I'll, and, and, I'll, and I'll mention, I'll get back to this in a little bit. It turns out that maybe this guy that they were, that was trying to get them to hire him wasn't on the up and up. Okay. And I'll tell you how, or at least from my book and from what the story that I was told, I wouldn't automatically trust somebody, but they poked and prodded this dead thing. You know, what was really weird was that this thing had managed to elude any sort of like, like, like any damage to it. Like there was nothing that that could be done about it. And when they asked him how he killed it, of course, he said, you have to shoot it in the heart with an arrow, but that has to be of a pure metal. And he says, how do you know this? He goes, I just do. I'm not going to talk about what I know about these creatures. He's like, when people have problems, I can deal with them, right? And this guy that was recommended, he was actually recommended by one of the federales, told him, hey, there's a guy that can help you do this, you know, get rid of it. He's like, we can't stop it. But whenever something like that comes up, it, th- th- there's this guy that might be able to help you. So what ends up happening, they have this creature in the back of that truck and, and he said it smelled terrible. Of course, anything dead is going to smell terrible. But the way he said it smelled like was like, if you took the smell of a dead animal, you mixed it with the smell of sulfur, Right, he said. Then mix it with like a skunk, and like feces. You know, he said it was awful. Like it was just so gross. It was just like, and plus it was it was dead, and it was obviously not a normal creature because it didn't have blood. Like you know whatever. Another weird thing was that the eyes were like hanging out of its head, and so whenever the guy asked him about that, he said, "Yeah, whenever you kill one of these things." for whatever reason, the eyes and the tongue just kind of like pop out of its head. So I, I don't know what that's all about. I don't know why that is or what that, what would cause that. Probably nothing we could explain, you know, through, through conventional science, but for whatever, for what it's worth, you know, he said, this thing is real. It really existed. And so th- 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 about 30 days into fighting with this thing, eventually this thing showed up and it got onto the roof and it tore up part of their roof, four people come out, and they start shooting at it with rifles, right? And then the, the authorities are called, of course, and of course, they, they know the local authorities, and they're, they're kind of on good terms with them, whatever. And they go, and they start investigating. And one of them came back the next day and told them a story and said that years ago, his grandfather had dealt with this, one of these things, and he had literally watched this thing kill his brother. So, you know, th- there is a story. He goes, dude, this was way back, you know, like in the 40s or 50s, whatever. And and this thing had, they had like him and his brother were fishing, and they had caught like a bunch of different fish, you know, and they were had, they had them all like in their fishing pails, this thing swoops down probably attracted to the fish and when his brother turned and tried to stop him which all he had was like a machete this thing literally first thing it did was knock his arm right off and then it knocked him into the water and then got on top of him and just held him down and the other brother grabbed the the machete and was hitting him with it but it was like hitting like some hard like you know wood that you couldn't penetrate now he did say that it was like wood, like it was like a wooden something or another. Like it, you could hit it and make like indentions in its body, but it wasn't going, to going through it. Yeah. yeah. And there was no blood. So this police officer tells him for what it's worth, this is what I know. You know, it's all I can tell you. And so what ends up happening, this creature appears to his grandfather and his grandfather's brother who were out walking the field one day and it was it was at night and they had heard a bunch of ruckus. And they had actually dealt with at one point what they thought was a act an actual chupacabra, which is another interesting thing. But that's a whole nother story. And he, and I was, they had dealt with that with their dad years ago. They had this creature that was draining the blood of their goats, and they see it, and they said it looked like a small blackish green. Well, I mean, basically like the chupacabras that we talked about like last week. I mean, it's basically like that.
1: Weird hybrid of-
0: Weird looking hybrid, yeah. yeah. And, but they were able to actually shoot it and make it go away and it, it quit coming around. But it, when his dad just refused to believe that there was anything going on beyond that because they had been told that there was some sort of flying creature that had been seen around the same time and around the same vicinity as this little chupacabra creature. Now it makes me wonder that right there. That's interesting too, and we'll get back to that. What ends up happening? They, they they encounter this creature and they both begin to shoot at it point blank, and it just flies away. At this point, it took another. It took a goat that day. At this point, they were like, "Okay, we're done. We can't stop this creature. Um, our I, our dream of actually bringing bigger animals and more animals out here is just going to get destroyed because this creature won't stop preying on our animals." So what ends up happening, they hire this guy uh to the monster hunter guy, I guess you could call him. And his name was Gabriel. And so they hire Gabriel. Gabriel tells them that he can do it, but it's going to cost a lot of money. But there was a there was a neighboring ranch that was having, you know, predation going on too. So they got together with him and they all they together they came up with the money. He had a much bigger spread and had been doing it a lot longer and he had cattle you know, not a lot, but he had a few cows out there with some sheep, goats, whatever. And so what ends up happening, this thing, you know, ends up like causing so much damage to these to this livestock that they estimated that they probably lost a good, a good year's worth of profits just messing with it in a few months. Uh, that's the neighbors. And uh, I think they only had like goats and cows or something like that. Um, and, and you know they had to go out there and they had to feed them all the time. You know, there wasn't a lot of grazing that they could do, so they had to feed. And so, what ends up happening? This guy, after he's hired, he tells him one day, "Oh, it's over. I got it, just like that." A couple nights in, you know, and so oh, I killed it. So they go out into the field to look, and they where there was this supposed kill. And all he had was the head. There was no body. They never saw the body. But the predation stopped. And so his grandfather kept the head in, in like a stable, like a, bar, a barn or a stable, I can't remember what he said, for like a long time. It just sat there. And nothing ever was seen or heard from this creature again. Now, they went to a neighboring uh, area. And... This guy was at it again. He was over there, like stopping this one of these creatures from killing, you know, these people's livestock and their pets and whatever. That's when he became kind of suspicious. He was like, "So this guy just goes from from area to area. Why is it that it's in this area and then it's in this area, whatever?" The story gets kind of weird. One of the things that was told to them was that by by somebody who had worked with this guy before. Was that he knows how to kill these things, but he just happens to be there whenever these things show up. I thought that was weird. The other thing that I thought was completely uh, weird was that the the first time that this guy showed up where one of these creatures was, get this, was 1936, which would, you know, the guy looked like he was like, you know, in his forties. So how old is this guy? if he was in his forties and the thirties, you know, like, so we were talking on the live stream, you know, earlier on the uh, live stream uh, and somebody had mentioned something about the immortals. So I thought, you know what, this would be a good story to tell because this kind of ties into that. So to me, I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Okay. (laughs) Trying to wrap my mind around everything I was being told. And so I talked to this guy and I asked him, I said, dude, is there a way that I could talk to your uncle? So I did. I talked to his uncle and he confirmed that he confirmed that the that the ranchers in the neighboring uh, area had told him that their grandfather remembered this guy. So I'm thinking what is this guy doing? Is he conjuring these things up or I mean like and, and, or is he some sort of immortal
1: monster slayer? It might just be that anytime those creatures come out and then he gets summoned as well. It's like he only comes around when they come around. I, I don't
2: know. I mean, what do you think? What do you think is going on with this? I don't know. I mean, all I know is that he, he knows something about where these animals or where these creatures are going to be and... Profits off of it, like maybe he's someone who who does a whole like problem reaction solution. Like they'll cause a problem and then just happen to show up in the nick of time and charge you to to be the hero for the right price.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it made me wonder. You know, when I asked Jose about this and I asked his uncle, I said, I said, you know, what do you think? What do you, what is your what are your thoughts? And, and so, you know, because they had asked me what what I thought, and I said, well, what what are your thoughts? You had to have pondered over this, you know, at, at some to some extent, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, his uncle, who was who was around when all this was going on, believed that this guy had something to do with it, and and they believed that he was some some type of possibly like a warlock, and conjure. was able to conjure or maybe and, and I told him this and something maybe they hadn't thought of. I said, you think maybe he opened portal a portal to bring these things across? Um, because the flying werewolf is just a weird thing, anyway.
1: Well, well but, hear, me, uh, hear me out. What if he makes them? They're not, like, because kind of what makes me think that they may not even be creatures is how hard they are. It's like, you know, when he said, like, he was hitting him with a machete, but it was like he was hitting wood. That mm-hmm. makes me think, like, you hit something or you hit a tree and, like, little bits chip off, but, like, you can't really go that far into the tree. So if it's something like that, it might be that he's making these creatures, whether it be out of stone or wood, and then just sending them off and then going to hunt them down again. And it, it's easy to, you know... Uh, hunt them down when you you made them, because then you just call them back to you, and then detach the head and be like, oh, I did it. Here you go. Here's here's the proof.
0: Well, yeah, and here here's something to that. What you're saying because one of the things that that Jose had told me, he said that his grandfather had told him that that when with the the severed head of this creature, which he had for a long time, that just looked like a wolf, like a giant wolf's head, like I said, with a longer neck. This thing had no, like, the blood was all gone, obviously. It was just this black tar-like stuff, and there was no spine. Mm. Like, there was no, like, spine going into the neck, into the head, and there was nothing in the head. It was, like, black,
1: solid, uh, like, mass. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the heck that could be? Because when I first heard that, I was thinking, like, oh, is it maybe, like, a gargoyle or maybe, like, a golem of some sort? That, you know, someone's controlling and that's why when you hear about this guy, it's like, oh yeah, this, this does seem kind of fishy and weird, especially when you realize how long he's been there. So who knows what really he can get into and what, what his knowledge is. I mean, And, and, and one of the things that they figured out was there was a picture that was taken
0: and it was dated to 1936. And they see this guy there with this, holding this creature, like with its wingspan and everything. And the creature was dead. Its head was down. And the guy's like literally holding like the, the wings spread spread out. Folks, Mexico is a very weird place and there is so much weird paranormal stuff that goes on there. And since we've been exploring it, I mean, you know, we've gotten tons and tons of stories from this forbidden place south of the border. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff there. People are always telling us stories about black magic. There was a lady that waited on us the other day and – she was giving us like stories about like witches and, you know, black magic. I'm not talking about witches that go and find herbs and cures. I'm talking about like witches that could transform into these like vampiric type creatures. They were like sorceresses or something. Um, and she was telling us, you know, some some weird stories. And one of the stories she told me was of two witches that when we ended up talking later on. But she said that um, her sister actually gave me this one. She said that, her, that there were these two witches, and I think it was Guerrero, Guer- Guerrero, I think that's the area, and they ended up like, there was something that happened where they conjured up some sort of black dog type creature that ended up like t- attacking and killing someone. Now, we've heard that the legends are the black dog, and of course, you know, my used to talk about these black dogs that would be conjured up, and you, they could do magic and stuff, and... This woman, her sister said that she'd heard of this. Like she had literally witnessed this. Like one of these black dogs chasing a guy through the streets and eventually catching him inside of a car, like went up into his car and tore him apart. And, of course, when everybody gets there, he's just like he's died of a heart attack or like cardiac arrest. Of course, we've talked about that before. The Halloween episode, the one about Detroit.
1: About the homeless men.
0: The homeless. Oh, yeah. They they were all living in that that. Uh, broken down industrial building and this thing came and it, it attacked the guy but I mean you know it's the cadejo as they say so I mean you get all these weird stories you get like chupacabra stories and stories of the black dog and werewolves vampires and all kinds of brujeria. and then you get this story you know of this flying werewolf gargoyle dragon type creature which doesn't its body doesn't doesn't make sense and none of its physical attributes that it has doesn't match up to like our world our reality where we have bones you know like mm. this thing you need to have bones i mean you know um nobody sees how this guy kills it too that's the other thing like they never did figure it out it's like oh you have a problem and somebody recommends you know uh, they talked to the, the the police officer that did the recommendation and he said he knew him through his dad's friend. So nobody really knew that knew where this guy came from. All they knew was he had a reputation that if something like this appears he could get rid of it. Kinda weird.
1: Was it was he just a specific hunter of these creatures or did he just go around
0: hunting anything? No, I don't think so because there was another story where this guy had told them another part of the story is that this guy had told him that he had killed These vampire-looking creatures, and he had a sketch, like a sketchbook, where he had showed them, like his kills, like what he had killed. He was like a monster hunter, and a couple of them were these weird vampiric-looking things that he had made sketches of. And then he had like this uh, weird, like like one that just looked like a minotaur or something, and another one that was like a werewolf without wings. And I even made a joke to Jose. I was like, what if he's just an artist and what he draws comes to life? You know, I mean, that sounds like kind of ridiculous, but I mean, I I don't know any other explanation to what this guy's telling me. And, you know, when you stop and you start looking at this story from every angle, you know, it's just the deeper you go, the weirder it gets.
1: I know it's probably not likely, but an immortal monster hunter seems like a great... Great. It seems like a great way to pass that time. If you have to be forever and you're not going to die, just go around fighting monsters. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, I interviewed him and his uncle and basically said the same thing, you know, and it all started with a listener who said, hey, my friend, you know, who like has this weird story. I heard you talking about, well, I shouldn't say that. He said his his girlfriend listens to my show. But he said that uh, he heard he heard his girlfriend listening to my show and he heard you know me talking about Mexico and Durango and he said I got a story from Durango. Well, he, here's the story that was told about what his great uncle saw, which would have been his grandfather's brother, when he was like a 15 year old kid. And that's funny because it was happening when I was 15. Same thing. He was riding a, a motorbike, you know, like a not like a bicycle motorbike, uh, like a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was riding around, and he thought he saw something come around the corner um like of this old barn that they where they lived, and it was black, and he looks and he's, he turns and he looks back, here's the weird thing, here's something that's very bizarre, and I was going to tell Jerry about this because he was you know here in the studio, we had talked about it. He said for a minute there he thought it was like a giant spider, like it caught his attention, right. And the attorney looks and it's not a spider. It's a, it's a big wolf-like creature that's on four legs and crawling kind of like a spider. And then it just takes off running after him. And he goes, and the way that it was crawling, you know, it was like, if you stick your arms out to do pushups, like that's how it was, you could tell that the upper body was man-like. And eventually once it got close enough, it just stood up, bolt upright and just stood like, you know, like a man and just t- took off running after him on his dirt bike, and eventually he outran it and got away, and then it just veered off. But he said it was solid black, and it had red eyes that were like self illuminating, very weird. And he said that maybe when he first saw it, the bl- the black or whatever, he just thought, you know what, the way it was kind of crunched up, crunched Well, the way he, he didn't say crunched up, he said hunched over in front of the in front of like the the barn or whatever and he said maybe it was just my mind playing tricks on me and i then i told him i said you know there are people that believe that these things have some sort of spider dna that makes them able to move and crawl and squinch into places you know like spiders do mm-hmm. and some people take it a step further and even say they don't have bones and that they've seen these things uh like i there's a bigfoot story that i was told this person claims up in canada uh that this person or, or that this person was being pursued by one of these creatures and it went through an abandoned house and that this bigfoot type creature fit through a, a like a crack in the wall that was half the size of it like how did it do that like it didn't even have bones that were in, uh, prohibiting it from passing through that crack you know uh that was up in Alberta but I was just like, that's crazy. Like, like what if these creatures, like, we're, we're learning so much more about them all the time. What if they don't have bones? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when and they get shot and you get that powder that blows off of them or that black goo or whatever. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know, like, what is that? Obviously, it's not blood. Okay. It looks like some sort of gunpowder
1: or, you know, something black like soot yeah some kind of ash or who knows i mean it's it's really confusing it's like what are you supposed to do to hurt these things it's like it, it just leaves you puzzled you know and, and you hear of people who have like do damage to cryptids or, or actually just outright kill them and it makes you wonder like what is the situation that has allowed that to happen and how can we make use of that so we understand these creatures a little more because, you know, it's important to figure out how to defend from these creatures. The thing is, I mean, like, if it was me
0: and I had never been uh, around these kind of things before, like I had never heard of them or seen them or whatever, I could see why somebody would be, like, you know, not believing. They're just thinking this is bull crap. You know, there's no way that these things could exist. But for those of us who are, you know, initiated and in the know – you're going to be like, yeah, these things definitely exist. They could definitely be real. Uh, I don't think every story that we hear is correct, but I think a lot of them are. And now this one came out of uh, Sotio. And what's weird about this story, um, I just this was a submission that was given to me, and it's basically just an email. And what the email said was that this guy uh, went with his dad and I, I believe that he was – I think he said he was 14 years old and they were out hunting, you know. And I thought it was kind of cool because like we were talking about bow hunting or whatever. And I thought, you know, I, I always wanted to be able to shoot a bow. But like, like I was saying on the live stream, I can't. I, think if, I mean I can if I learn, but I, I've only shot one twice and once it went through my friend's uh, g- garage wall. And we were kids. And so I've never really been able to shoot a bow and arrow other than I've shot the one with the little uh, thing that sticks to the wall a little, when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. I had the one of those, bow, and I shot yeah. that quite a bit. But only only once in my life did I ever actually, and I was like eight years old, and I
1: tried to shoot, you know. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. You did it? Archery? Yeah, Chad. yeah, Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, that's right,
0: yeah. And so th- this this guy, was. they were out hunting, and they had like, you know, uh, bow, bow and arrows. And he said that we were out there – in the brush. He said, and we see this creature or something that was like kind of crawling around on the ground. It was brown. And it was almost like blending in with the soil. And he said, his dad said, don't look, but there's something following us. And so when he he's, of course, being a kid, he's the first thing he does is like, he turns and he looks, you know, and he's like, he goes, I'm, I'm a 15 year old kid, right? I'm just going to turn around and like, and a teenager, you know, no less. He's like, I'm going to look. So he turns around and looks. He goes, dude, I see a werewolf, but it was completely flat and crawling around on the ground like a like a, like a spider, like a bug or something. It was flat, you know, like a lizard even. He goes, he's like, and I, and I said, so you said bug, lizard, spider, and he named something else too. Um, but, oh, he said it was moving almost like a serpent. So I said, well, what was it? He goes, I don't know. All of the above. I don't know. It was weird. You couldn't, you couldn't put his finger on what it was. But he said that his dad says, we need to get into this uh, shelter. And it was getting dark. So they went and they got into what was essentially a an abandoned house that was made of brick. And they go inside of the house. And he said it was not brick. It was stone. I'm sorry. He said it was essentially just stone. It was like, you know, and it was falling down. And the most prominent feature of this thing was that the roof just was full of holes, and there were birds that had nested in it, and there was basically a fireplace. But he said that this this thing they locked the door, and he said that this thing eventually they heard like noise, and it was like something crawled up the wall, and he goes, and I look, and I, I could see the shadow of this thing moving around like through the, one of the one of the windows. And he said the window still the where they were well, on the side that where he was at. There was still glass. There was like two rooms, you know, and he said there was still a piece of glass there and he heard like something tap it or hit it and then he looks and he sees what looks kind of like an oddly shaped foot and it's crawling up the side of the house. Then he gets up to the roof and his dad's like sitting there when they both have, you know, these bow these these bow and arrows and he said his dad's like, as soon as this thing comes through the roof, dude, okay, we have to both aim and he his dad had been teaching him archery since he was little bitty. So he knew how to shoot. He knew how to aim. The cool thing about it, though, was that when when his dad when it fell through the roof immediately, the minute that it came through the roof and it it like fell and it was like on all fours, it lunged at him. His dad and him both shot, and they both hit it like right. One of them hit it like in the in the mouth, like to the side of its jaw, like in the side of its mouth, and the other one it went through the throat. It backed up. And get this, this is so weird. It backed up. He said like this powdery black stuff came off of it. He had heard me talk about that before. He said when it fell backwards into what was essentially the fireplace, it popped. And it became like just a bunch of ash. And the only thing left were the hands and the feet. Wow. And so when I, and, 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 and I wasn't trying to be rude, you know, I'm not, and I wasn't, I don't mess with people. Um, you know, when they give me a story, I don't, I don't. Mess with them and say, "Oh yeah, you're full of crap, whatever." Uh, but I did ask him this, and I said, "Let me ask you a question." I was like, "Why? Why do you think it was the hands and feet?" He goes, "I don't know." He's like, "There was just like part of the of the leg, just a little bit, and then the foot, and then the other one was just the foot, and then the other the other one was like part of a hand, and then the other and then there was like a whole hand and a little bit of a wrist." So it was weird, like how it just exploded.
1: That would, that makes me think that and there was ash everywhere. Whatever caused it to explode was probably somewhere around the middle of its body, and it exploded outward. So then it just kind of destroyed yeah, but what, up to what, that what? point. Like it just
0: it just explodes. Like what is that? I have like, no idea. I mean, well that that's a that's a hard one, and, and now that's not the only one we've heard of that something like that's happened. Um but it was always at a distance, you know. There, well, not always. There was only one other story, actually. And that one was somewhere down in South Texas where somebody had claimed to have shot a Bigfoot-type creature. And as it ran, it the upper body of it just kind of popped or blew. And they just see, like, the upper, the shoulders and the head go flying off because somebody had shot it. And now the the one of the guys that was with the dude that shot it like, he's he's a Kickapoo, or he claims he's a Kickapoo. And he said that, he said straight up, told this guy. He's like, you shoot it in the right spot near where the heart should be, right? That they will do this on occasion, that they pop and they look like. And now another thing too weird about that is he told this guy, Earl's the guy that told me this, but he said that th- this guy told him, that when this thing explodes or whatever, like he's only seen it happen one of the time, but he said that you can see like this sort of weird wispy smoke that kind of looks like it's connected to something and it kind of leaves the body. It's like like it's evil dark soul or something like that. And he said that they don't all do that. Some of them are more flesh and blood, but, but what the the explanation that was given by this guy, who was a Native American, was that these things come from another place, right? So not necessarily, he didn't say anything about portals or anything like that. He just said that they they live in a different world, like they're not from here. And when they come here, the the longer that, they're, that they are here, they become more and more flesh and blood like we are. So what you're seeing is those one, this is what he said. I'm not saying this is what I believe, folks. Please don't tell me, oh, you know, you believe all this crazy stuff. No, I'm saying, I don't know what to believe, okay? But apparently, when they first come into our world, they're, they're not flesh and blood. They appear to be flesh and blood. But if something happens and you try to destroy one of them, then they end up turning into this ash. And maybe that's what's going on with that gargle, werewolf-looking thing that's flying. Maybe the ash turns to more like goo. And then if it stays around longer, then ultimately it becomes blood. You know what I mean? Like it becomes more like flesh and blood. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm
2: making sense. I mean, I just, I don't know what to think of this. There's not much about this that really makes sense. All we can do is try to explain it or try to understand it as best we can, but it's hard to understand fathom, something yeah. from, huh? The
1: fathom, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, yeah, but I was going to say, it's hard to understand something that could possibly come from a higher dimension, an unfathomable world with our three-dimensional mind. It would be like a two-dimensional person trying to, Fathom up when there is no up in their world. It's like when Ken says, Ken Gerhardt says, we can't comprehend it. Yeah.
0: We don't know what this is. We can't, we can't, you know, like the lady that told us about the green Bigfoot. I mean, why is it green? I don't know. Or yeah. the guy that, the the truck driver that of I-10 that saw that thing turn into a stump, you know, it was a tree stump, you know, like, or, or the guy that came on the show and saw the pig turn into a guy or whatever. Yeah. I mean, he came on the show and talked about it. I me. Mean, it's just it's a weird thing or Mark DeLeon with the with the deer. They were standing up, walking around on their hind legs like like people. It's just a hard thing to fathom. I don't I don't understand it. I think it's interesting though that that area near Durango has this weird strangeness about it and then you get this story of this uh flying gargoyle Well, I wouldn't say gargoyle because it's not. It's like a flying werewolf, right? And then you get a story of a real werewolf, or not werewolf, but wolf-like creature that was running around on two legs. And then in the same area, you get a chupacabra. I mean, all within, you know, like a several-mile radius. I don't think that's a coincidence. I mean, there's obviously something there. I mean something something we know something there. What, let me rephrase it. There's something where these these things are coming from somewhere.
1: There's something causing that.
0: Yeah, something's causing this to, to where these creatures to be seen. I can't uh tell you how how much I thought about that. I was they're just kind of going like like after the conversation the story that I didn't get to talk to this guy but the story that I got uh from from this guy Philip. I think his name was Philip. I got to go back and look. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Philip is not his name. Oh, (laughs) Martin. I was going to say, Anthony knows somebody named Martin, don't you, Anthony?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately. Uh, But there was a guy, that was his name, is Martin, and he was the one. Philip's another story, but uh, sorry about that. Got your name wrong for Mentor. But this guy is a nice guy. He's not, you know. But Martin had basically said that these things, um, like like his when his dad told him like you know about what they were going to do and their plan and how to kill it, he asked his dad if he'd ever dealt with these things before, and he said no, but his dad and his uncles had said that these creatures that you know they'll, they'll they'll attack you, and he goes they like to get on top of rooftops and you know and and they'll crawl up the side of a house and and jump down in through the roof, so he knew that that thing was going to try and do that. Like, it didn't even try the door. It just went straight to the side of the house, climbed up, and then jumped in through the roof. Almost like it knew that that place was dilapidated and there were spots it could just jump right through. I mean, that's what I thought. I don't know if that's correct. but And then he he told his dad, he goes, did you ever, you know, experience anything? Nope, never experienced anything like that. Um, Had heard stories of them being able to be killed. But— never knew anything about how like they would explode or anything like that. He knew a guy uh, was, was his best friend. His best friend had a friend. Uh, he had a friend, which is basically a friend of a friend, but that he had met the guy and he claimed to have actually shot one of these things with a gun. And when it fell over, which was this wolf like creature, the bipedal, when it fell over. And I believe he said that happened like somewhere near Guadalajara when it fell over dead, there was this black like almost sap looking stuff that, that oozed out of it, but it was reddish black, like really thick blood, which if you take these stories and almost, almost like they're different stages of different, different, you know, like some of them are more flesh and blood as we know it than others. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know it's, and I hope I got, I told all the, the story. I'm really tired folks, but I'm trying to get it all out there. So I, I, I when I you know sit here and I go over these these cases of these stories and people always say, well, you going to think I'm crazy?" You know, I'm going to tell you this. Trust me, folks, I've heard it all. Okay? So if you have a story to tell, I'm not going to think you're crazy. I'm not going to throw it out th- throw, throw you out the game because I don't, you know, believe exactly like you do or whatever. Um but that's, you know, that's that for now. Uh thank you for and you know, listening to PRT. Don't forget to like it, subscribe, and also don't forget we have a Friday. We have a Thursday show right now, which is Eric Palacios is part two. And then what do we have? Uh, Friday is the live stream. We're gonna Sundays, have a guest. Yep.
1: Sunday is gonna be another live stream. And
0: then and Sunday we have another live stream, and we do you know we talk, we talk and we we tell people stories. So anyways, thanks for uh, joining us here on uh, Paranormal Roundtable. Don't forget to like and subscribe and thanks for listening. Good night.